project Taryag day eight, and we have to mitzvah lamed hey, the zaras adibris, and that is shlele gadis eres eshesish. The mitzvah, the isra of adultery, the pasuk says leitinoif, talking about adultery, and if the Torah doesn't specify with who, then this, the basic understanding is it's talking about eshesish. Right. The reason for the mitzvah, the chinuch has a very interesting reason, and he says kadesh is yashiv for olam Hashem. That the world should be populated the way Hashem wants. Hashem Baruch Hu Ratzish Yukol Inyan Elame Oizim Perisein Kol Echad Veechad Leminehu. Each species in the world Hashem created, He says Leminehu, it should produce in its own kind. V'lo Yisarvu Min V'Menachem. Apple trees should produce apples. Wheat should produce wheat seeds. Same thing. Each kind of animal should produce offspring of the same nature as it was. And therefore. The Torah, Hashem doesn't want cross-breeding. Hashem doesn't want new creations made not in, as part of one of the original species He created. And in the similar vein, when the offspring of people, therefore, there too it should be clear exactly who the parents are. And there shouldn't be a confusion of the child where he originated from. And besides, for this reason, the number of other reasons also, which the problems which will come out of adultery, which will cause a lack of other mitzvahs. For example, if a person doesn't know who his parent is, he won't be able to become the mitzvah of And not only that, we're going to see there is surim about marrying relatives. And if a person doesn't know who his parents are, he won't know who is his sister or his aunt, or any other blood relative, you can come to the issue of marrying a relative. And it's another point, it's an element of Geza. When a person who gets married, they consider their spouse, their partner, to be loyal to them, and somebody who takes them away, is in a way stealing from them. People don't forgive, so to speak, the unfaithfulness of their partners, and it can even bring to Ritzicha. It's going to cause a fight between the husband, let's say, and the adulterer. It will be a sibah for Ritzicha as well. And therefore, it's interesting, the Chinuch explains the mitzvah, that we, the Isser of committing adultery, not so much the Isser itself, but he explains all the surround reasons why it would be Asr. The Makubalim explains it differently. And that is that the, the same lack of faithfulness, just like by Avoid Zorah, that Klai aren't, so to speak, faithful to Hashem. So the reenaction of that is the marriage between man and woman. And therefore, there also, that level of unfaithfulness parallels, so to speak, that same crime. Dinaya Mitzvah, what applies to the Mitzvah, the Dinim of, of Niuf, is at what stage is someone called, a lady called an Ashish Ish? That it's mitzvah, this issue would apply. So by goyim, it's when they get married. By Jews, when there's a two-step process to marriage. It's first what's called kiddushin. We can loosely translate that as engagement before they're actually married. And then already when there's a kiddushin, she's considered an ashes ish, and this issue would apply from then as well. The issue of ashes ish applies to goyim just like it applies to Jews, and therefore a guy who commits adultery is also chayiv misa. What's the punishment for adultery? So if it's a lady who's already married, the terrorist is the punishment is chenek, strangulation. 
If it's a lady after Kiddushin who's not yet married, we call a Naira Morasa, then the punishment is Skele, which is more severe. And if she's a Baskayan, you know, the lady in question was the daughter of a Kayan, then in that case, the she'll get Sreifa burning, and he, the, the man, will get Chenek. We'll see the Torah enacts restrictions to prevent people coming to the Severa, such as the Isra of Yechud, being in seclusion with a person who's asked to marry. And Chazal extended that much more so that even though there is a Yetzirah in these areas, a person is prevented from coming too close to being Nechshal, to making a mistake, because Chazal put barriers, so to speak, to prevent the situation arising where a person would be tempted. Not to kidnap another Jew. That's what the Apostle says, Let Tignoiv. Don't steal. It means stealing a person. And it's obvious why such a, something would be Osir. One has no rights to, so to speak, steal another person. It doesn't make a difference if you're talking about an adult, a child, a man, a woman. Any other human being is Osir to steal. The Gemara just asks, what, Is it possible for a father to steal his own children? Or do we say, Because they're in his Rishus already, they're already in his home, in his domain, it's not practical how is he going to steal them. Right, it applies equally to men and to ladies. And if a person does kidnap another Jew and doesn't keep him but he sells him to a third party, then he gets chenek. Then he gets, he gets a death penalty. And that's obviously always in the case when there be Adim, witnesses in Hasra at what he did. Mitzvah Lamed Zayin, the ninth of the Sarasad Debrash, Lola the Torah says, Leitane Berecho Eid Shaker. Don't give evidence against your friend, which is not true. What's the reason for the message? It says, The Chinuch Ki Hashaker Nimas Venerach Leenik Omaska. Falsehood is any understanding person realizes how bad it is. And also, Kam Ki Be'edus Emes Oilem Omid. The whole justice system relies on the fact of witnesses being honest. Right, because in any case, we rely on the witnesses being the way of knowing what happens. If people are dishonest in, when they're giving evidence, so then there's no basis for what we can believe, and then the, the justice system will fall apart. And therefore, this is only applied to witnesses. Who can be a witness? So we learned that from Pasuk, the only men and not ladies can be witnesses. So this issue of don't testify falsely will only apply to men. And besides for that, the other categories of people who also can't be witnesses, somebody who's a relative of one of the litigants, somebody who's done certain averes, which we don't believe he'll be honest in court, or which brand them as a Russia. And therefore, the, the, obviously, this mitzvah would not apply to them because it's not practical for them. They don't have the opportunity to give evidence. Now, what Basin's point of view they have to do to make sure the evidence they're getting is honest so we try and examine the witnesses. We try and so even a little bit confuse them to make sure that they're sticking to their story. We make sure that the testimony of two witnesses matches up exactly. And the last point, what we call the, the seven dreshas, which we need, and that is that we want to know exactly the time and the place where the incident happened to be in order to ascertain that the witness himself was actually there to witness what he's giving evidence about. Therefore, when it comes to a point like that, where did it happen, when did it happen, if one of the Adam don't know, we can't accept the evidence. But when it comes to the details of the case, 
if an aid doesn't know, as long as he doesn't contradict the other witness or himself, if that's the case, not every detail is crucial for us to accept the aidus. The punishment for someone who does give evidence falsely is against Malchus, even though here also it's only involving speech. It's one of the three examples of an issue involving speech which carries the penalty of Malchus. And in certain cases, like we're going to see, there's a more severe penalty than that, and that is that whatever the witness wanted to inflict on the defendant, we give him instead what we call kashizamam, and we'll see the cases where that applies, that's just the punishment. The isra of the Torah, not to be a false witness, it also always comes from this isra of Leitaina. Mitzvah Namitches, and that is the Mitzvah Shleilachmod, which is don't be jealous of what someone else has, but it's not just the feeling which the Torah asked, that's the feeling which brings to action. And therefore, if a person wants somebody else's possessions or things, and he makes plans how to get it from the other person, he's over the Esau Reit Ahmed. Just to know someone else has something which is nice, valuable, worthwhile, and I would want it, but I don't act on that desire to actually work on getting it from him, I'm not yet over Reit Ahmed. Right, we learn from a passage, it says Reit Ahmed, what belongs to your brother, but you'll try to take it for yourself. And therefore, it's only when he actually endeavors to try and take it for himself that he's over the Esau Reit Ahmed. And it doesn't mean he steals it, even if he pays for it. But if he, so to speak, forces the seller to sell, or puts pressure on him to sell, and as a result, the person wants to sell it to him, then even though he gets paid money for it, the Isser Retachmut still applies. What's the reason for this Isser? It causes the person many mechshayim, many mistakes. Why? Because after he decides he wants to take other people's things, then there's a possibility that if the other person doesn't want to sell it to him, he's going to steal it, he's going to force the other person to give it to him, or he might even kill the other person. And his example for that is the story of Novos, who had a vineyard next to the palace of King Ahav, which King Ahav very much wanted. And when Novos refused to sell, so Ahav conspired to have Novos killed. And therefore we see where this issue of Leitachmud, wanting someone else's things, to the extent that I'm willing to try and Make sure I get it, can need a person to. Right. Who does apply to both the men and the ladies in any time and place? Now, but if a person was over in this and he did want and did try to take someone else's things, we can't punish him. Why? Says the rule, because he can give it back. Whatever it was that he wanted to take, he can return. And the always is that if a person doesn't if a person doesn't get two punishments, and therefore if the option of returning the item he took exists, the Torah doesn't give him a second punishment of Marcus as well. Not to make the form of a human being. <coughs> and this isn't of a desire. This even would be in a case where a person doesn't want to serve, he's just making a statue for the artistic beauty of it, that would also be also. And we learn from the Pasuk, it says, iti, which literally means, don't make me. But we can't make an image of Hashem because we don't know what Hashem looks like. And therefore, we understand from the Pasuk, it means, since we find a human being is called, that is created in the likeness of Hashem, not to mean that Hashem is a physical body, He doesn't. But let's say a person is given the physical body in order to emulate the actions and the mirrors that Hashem has, then if that's the case, to make the tzura, the form of a physical human being, 
is included in this Isser. And the reason is the Torah forbade the person to make the image of a human being even if he doesn't intend to serve it. It says the Chinuch is because it's a, a way to be Marchik Abayrazar. It seems that if a person has the form of a human being, so he'd be able to, he would more, be more likely to be used as a source of Abayrazara as well. And therefore, to prevent that happening, the Torah forbade us making any representation of the human form. Now, what's considered a, first, a whole person? If a person only makes part of the person, he leaves out a certain organ, so that might not be the Isra, it doesn't accurately resemble a person. The same thing, there are other things that the Torah also forbade us making images of. Uh, the Gemara which says the sun in the moon of the stars, there's another one says it's sort of a malachim, whatever it would be, they'd all be included in this Isra. And it applies equally, like all the Isrim which touch of a desire to men and to ladies. If a person does do that, and he makes a surah of a person for noy, so he's over in Yisur, but he doesn't get markers for it. Mitzvah mem, shaloi lidnes avnim izbeach gazis, not to build the mizbeach out of stones which have been cut with a knife or with any metal implement. That's what the Torah says, lativne esm gazis. Gazis means metal which has been carved or shaped with, with metal, uh, with stones which have been carved or shaped with Metal implements. If a person would make the Mizbech out of metal hewn rock, then the Mizbech would be possible. We would not be allowed to bring carbonus on it. What's the reason for this? Says the Chinuch. We have to understand that the point of the Mizbech is to affect atonement, kapara for our averis. And as a result of the Mechila that brings with it a flow of blessing and a flow of shalom peace, and therefore, to use something which is made to cause destruction, which is metal, which is something which is uh, meant for war, for bloodshed, to use the Mizbech is a contradictory. And therefore, since a person's inf- actions are influenced by what he thinks, or what he does, like the Chinuch says, that a person's actions identify him, and that influences his thoughts. His thoughts follow his actions. If that's the case, we have to do things in order to show us the, what we're meant to be thinking. And therefore, in a case like this, where we're meant to be thinking of Mizbech as a source of Kapara and a source of Shalom, then we see that by not using anything metal on the Mizbech. Now, if that's the case, where did they get rocks from? So the Gemara explains that they would find stones to build the Mizbech from, either from digging deep enough to get to soil which had never been touched by metal tools or what they would find in the sea because there was no one was plowing in the sea so then they would find socially rocks untouched or untainted by metal from inside the sea. If after Mizbech is built, something metal would touch the Mizbech then it would, it would make possible the area where it touched and that those times would have to be replaced and therefore even when they used to paint the Mizbech or wash it they then used to use metal in the implements they used to wash it with so that the metal shouldn't touch the Mizbech and render it possible. When the Haggis is man abides his Chomer in the Kavis, it applies both to men and to women, and if a person would build a, a stone which has been touched by metal in the Mizbech, he would get Malchus. It's a little bit of a question how this applies to women. If women weren't allowed into the Azari at all, 
But in a case where she would be involved in preparing stones for the Mizbech, and she would bring a stone which would be touched by metal, then she would be over in this Esther. Mitzvah Mem Aleph, and that is Shalalit Sal Mizbech. Not to take wide steps in the Mizbech, the Pasuk says that you shouldn't, you shouldn't take steps into the Mizbech, there has to be a ramp. Right. And that's why with the ramp, a person can take small measured steps without him to widen his gates, whereas when a person has to climb stairs, so he has to separate his legs more. What's the reason for that? Says the Chinuch, we want there to be a certain reverence for the place of the Beis HaMikdash. Therefore we shouldn't in any way act with Kalus Rosh, which means with frivolity. And even though the stones are inanimate, they don't have any objection to the way a person walks on them, but... The way a person walks influences the person. And therefore, a person has to take small, measured steps. It makes a certain serious atmosphere which taking wide steps wouldn't do. Okay, and therefore, in order to prevent people taking steps to the Mizbech, they used to make a ramp to the Mizbech. Right. Which means the Isser isn't on building the stairs, the Isser is on taking steps. The Building the ramp was a way to prevent people being over the Isser. It applies when it's a Mizbech, obviously, both to men and to ladies. And if a person does take Psyagas or big steps in the Mizbech, then if he's a little amazed, he'll be get malchus like any latest which has a Maisa. The Mashmotar only applies with Malabais. There would be a question what would be the case of a bomber, which means a private Mizbech, which was allowed before the basement was built? Would there also be this Isra over there? Or this only did a Mizbech, the Mizbech of the Basin Mikdash, when it was a communal service? And then there was a din of Mora Mikdash, of reverence for the Basin Mikdash, where this would be, where they, that would forbid one to take, so to speak, large, larger stairs, steps, um, in climbing the Mizbech, and it wouldn't apply to Obama. Mitzvah Mem base, and this is the Mitzvah of the Eved Ivri. What's the Mitzvah of the Eved Ivri? It's a Mitzvah on the base din, Lodun, but din Eved Ivri. If the case would come up where the verdict would be to sell the defense as Eved Ivri, that's one of the obligations of base din. And we're going to see all the various mitzvahs which are mutal and based to implement are called mitzvahs which are mitzvahs on the best day. Right. What's the mitzvah of the Eved Ivri? So number one, after he sold him as a slave, he's not sold eternally. After six years of service, or if the evil would come, or if he's able to buy himself back, which we call Giron Kasef, then he's allowed to do that. Same thing, if the owner who bought him would die and not leave any sons, the Eved will go free. That's the one kind of Eved. Then there's the second kind of Eved. The first Eved is the one who's sold by Bastin to work for six years. The second kind of Eved is the Eved who decides after those six years he wants to stay on, and then he remains an Eved until the Yevil, whenever the Yevil is going to be. He's called the Niritza. And there also, the Torah is Machai of the Bastin to judge the dinner of the Niritza. The Niritza stays an Eved until Yevil, or until the Odin would die. Until the master would die. What's the reason for the mitzvah of Eved? Says the Chinuch. Mishoshia mitzvah sherotza hakel sheya amu Yisrael ashebacha am kodesh mole muot vechomilos tevis muolos. He wants the people he chose to be perfect people, with every good mitzvah possible. Kimitayich kach tachol abrachaleim. That's the way that they'll deserve that bracha should flow to them. And therefore, two of the mitzvahs Hashem wants to instill to inculcate into Klai Yisrael are the mirrors of Chesed and Rachamim. 
And therefore, the best place, or the best people to show chesed and rachamim to are those people which are, those who are one's underlings, those who, so to speak, are obligated to serve him. And he would be allowed to treat them however he wanted. So by them, to show them chesed would be a certain level of chesed for the owner. And therefore, Dafka by Avodim, who are working for him, is mechuyev to treat them well and treat them with chesed. Okay. Therefore, the including the denim of Eved is the way a person should treat his Eved. He can't work him too hard. He can't give him jobs to do which are demeaning. He has to give him the food and lodging on the same standard that Adam himself eats. Because, as you see from the Chinuch, the whole focus of the mitzvah is on perfecting the Adam's middle of chesed. Now, there are two kinds of slaves. The one is a person who is sold by Basin for having stolen and being unable to repay. The second is someone who sells himself because of extreme poverty. They don't have food to eat, and therefore they tell themselves to make sure that, that they have basic necessities provided for them. Therefore, then, there's an argument in the Gemara to apply to both, if, how long a person is sold for, whether he can choose to stay on. In the case of a Niritza, whether the Adon, the Martin, can give him a Shifcha Knanis, which means a non-Jewish servant to marry, and if he has to give him gifts when he leaves, so the Chalakis in the Gemara, if they apply only to the case of the person who sells, is sold by Bastin, or even to the case of the person who sells himself, if Pascal applies to both of them. The dinim of Evid Ivri only applied to a man, because the Gemara says a lady is not allowed to buy an Evid Ivri, and the reason for that is, we worry that it might look to the Brias that they might be having a immoral relationship. The din of Eved Ivri only applies when there's a Yevil, which means that all the Jewish people are living in Eretz Yisrael, because without the Yevil, there isn't the one option of the Eved going free, and therefore the din didn't apply, they wouldn't sell Avadim. Therefore, according to most Rishonim, in the entire period of the second base of English, there were no Avadim, because since not all the Jewish people had returned to Eretz Yisrael, there wasn't the din of a Yevil. Right, and if a person doesn't fulfill his responsibilities to his Ebed, he's going against his mitzvah, so say, of the mitzvah of Ebed Ivri. And besides that, like Nechinov says, he's taught himself the middle of cruelty. And he's lost the virtue of Bnei Yisrael, who by nature are Rachmanim, and part of our natural compassion is difficult to look out for and try and help that element of society which are the weak and need the help the most. And for sure, an Ebed, a person who's formed the level, he has had to sell himself for food, or has been sold because he can't afford to pay back what he stole, would be in that category of people who need help, who need chesed, and therefore the Odin, who's the one to volunteer to do that chesed, is the one who's perfecting his mitzvah and is being mekayim, this mitzvah of every day.